because the Lord is going to touch you in the next few minutes. We're going to read from Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. I love Ephesians, the epistle to the church at Ephesus. I like it. It's a rich book. It talks about the riches in Christ Jesus. We're going to read from chapter 3, and we're going to notice verses 10 and 11. And you got some good people back there. They're going to put it up on the screen for me so you can read it. It says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love you, Father. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. And you may be seated. Pastor Urshan, Sister Urshan, again, thank you so much. I love you so much, Bishop and Sister Buller, and all of the precious saints of God in this church. Your treatment, Brother and Sister Enos, are so kind and gracious to me. I'm so glad they're my friends. There were two uh, words in these two verses that I'd like for you to pay very close attention to. First of all, in God, there is nothing coincidental or accidental to the intent that now unto principalities. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, everything that God does is intentional. He does it on purpose. The other, ver the other word is the eternal purpose which he purposed. He just doesn't happen to come by. He said, I must needs go by Samaria because there is someone there. He intentionally knew that there was going to be a woman at the well drawing water at a certain time of the day. Disciples, you can go on your way, but I'm intentionally and on purpose going by Samaria. God stopped by this church, First Apostolic Church, tonight. He has geared this whole gathering. You are here on purpose. You are here intentionally. You came out on a holiday Sunday night because God knew what you needed. And the singers that picked the songs tonight picked the songs intentionally and on purpose. The brother that was leading the prayer when I came in, it was intentional. He talked about healing and then he talked about what God was getting ready to do and then pastor came up here and begin to talk about what God is getting ready to do in this place in the next few minutes. I think it would be good if we just clapped our hands for Jesus. 
just give me a moment? Thank you. I asked if this church had an accordion. I didn't know that Pentecostal churches no longer have accordions. I'm old-time Pentecost. You couldn't be Pentecostal without some accordions. So I had to make you one. This is a paper fan. Did you know that? I'm very artistic. Um, there's a reason why I showed you this fan. This is They're going to put a graphic up. I think they were going to put it up there. There you go. They got it. This is just a homemade paper fan. fan. You saw me make it. But I, I brought this to illustrate to you what I just read to you. To the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. The word manifold in the Old English does not mean a manifold on an automobile. It means many folds. Many folds. In the intent and purposed plan of God, there are many folds in his revealing what he does in our life. Now God sees things from this perspective. He sees the broad panorama of everything in history from beginning to ending, which was, which is, which is to come. He sees it all as one gigantic panorama. The prophets of the Old Testament and New Testament stepped into that panorama and they would try to describe to us what God was displaying in the whole big picture. Uh, if any of you ever attended Calvary Tabernacle uh, years ago, there was a painting on the front of the church that was called the something of the ages and it went from the Garden of Eden all the way to the great white throne judgment displayed behind the platform. And it was quite a work of art. I think it should really be in a museum. It's a beautiful work of art. I don't know who did it. But it was a panoramic view of the plan of God. Whoever was inspired to do that was trying to display every time the people came to church. He was trying to display the plan of God in your life. You and I have experiences that we do not understand why we are where we are at. Because God's purpose in us is revealed in many folds. And so just because, I'm going to come down here and talk to you, even though I'm not in the light, they really should have a light on me, but um, I'll stand here so you can see me. God's purpose in your life is you may be here in your experience and you can't see around the corner.
And he's actually trying to get you over here. But you don't understand the intent and the purposes of God. Let me change it just a little bit. Uh, stairways are built with what's called the tread and the riser. I think that brother over there is a builder. It, it's a riser and a tread. And a lot of people on their journey with God are on the riser portion of the step. And they don't understand the process. They want to spend all of their life on the tread. And they don't understand when God is taking them up. You know, when you step on the escalator at the airport, it's flat. But then all of a sudden, the riser comes up. Whoa. And you're wondering, how is God getting you into a higher dimension? How is he bringing you into a higher place in him? How is he taking you where you need to be? Because in every life, there is a many-fold wisdom of God where God is revealing himself around the fold is anybody here going to shout hallelujah mm. I have not always understood that as much as I would like to I've gone through trials in my life that were not explainable at that time I didn't know what God was doing so I would have pity parties and feel real sorry for myself and I would just agonize before God and say why and what's going on and it was because I was over here and God's intent and purpose was in one of these many folds the reason I want an accordion because this, the very sound of an accordion is made with a many-fold bellows. The accordion is useless as long as you keep it snapped over and closed. It makes no, it's no good. You have to pull the bellows out and push them in. It takes the many-fold process in an accordion to make the music. We fight against what God is trying to do in our life because we don't understand the many-fold purpose of God. If you will remember this, this will help you the rest of your life. You will not be frustrated. You will not live in frustration. You'll say, that's okay. I'm just going around a fold. Pastor Arley, it's, uh, I, I have the deepest respect for you. I, I've watched your ministry. I watched the contribution you made to the apostolic movement. I admire you. You didn't understand when you were over here what God was going to do over here. We get in our, in our misunderstanding of the plan. Oh, I know I'm talking in the Holy Ghost. In our... You can shake my hand, babe. Amen. God bless you. In our, in our not comprehending what God is doing in our life, we live in a state of constant frustration. 
And what we believe is like a closed accordion, snapped over, no sound is coming from it. We believe God is doing nothing. <laughs> what we don't understand is God is in every fold. Because his blessings are not many and they're not fold. They are many fold. No doubt in your life and your walk with God, no doubt you have been over here and been very frustrated and saying, what's happening? And then the Lord takes you around two or three folds. And over here you say, oh, that's what God was doing. He saw this from over here but you didn't because we walk by faith and not by sight I know I'm preaching tonight so many are going to be healed here in the next few minutes you're going to be healed of emotional your pastor already said it you have suffered emotionally you've dealt with depression you have dealt with anxiety you're going to be healed here in the next few minutes because God is going to reveal to you his manifold purpose in your life. You're going to have a light turn on in your head where you begin to see that you are not living in your own purpose or intent but you are living in God's intentional purpose that he's revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. Ladies and gentlemen the disciples did not understand when Jesus said now I'm getting ready to go to a cross. We've had the big glory days We've had 20,000 people fish, filled with fish. We have had people fed and they follow me for the fish and the loaves. We've had marvelous, magnificent healings where people were blind eyes were opened and deaf ears were unstopped and lame walked. But now, but now, I must go to a cross. They didn't understand the manifold wisdom of God. They didn't understand that without the cross, there could be no redemption. They didn't understand that he was the lamb for sinners slain. They saw him as a healer and a miracle worker, but they didn't understand that he came for a greater intentional purpose. And that was, yes, over here he was doing the miracles and the signs and wonders, but over here. He was fulfilling the eternal purpose of God. And so he said, will you two go away? Because the crowd let him down. And will you two go away? And he said, well, who are we going to go to? There's nobody else got the words of eternal life. And because of that one statement, my dear brother, you say, why does God pick people? Man, I've really been picking on you and preaching at you. It's on purpose and it's intentional. It was that one statement made by the Apostle Peter. Well, Lord, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're Isaiah and some say you're Elijah. Well, who do you say I am? Well, I say you're the Christ. Okay, you're the one gets picked. You get to preach on the day of Pentecost. You get the keys to the kingdom. He was not saying that Peter was the first pope. No disrespect, but he was not saying that. He wasn't even saying that upon Peter, I'm building this church. He didn't say that. 
He said, and I would have you know upon this rock, I will build my church. May I share with you very quickly who that rock is? Way back in Daniel chapter 3, it said that there was a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and Daniel interpreted the dream, and he said, and there was a stone hewn out of the mountain, not made with man's hands, rolling down through the kingdoms of this world and crushing everything in its way. And uh, Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. What was he talking about? It was the revelation of the stone in Daniel. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. You don't have to worry about where this church is going. This church is built on the rock. And the rock is the revelation of who Jesus is. You ought to be thankful you know the oneness of God. You ought to be thankful that it's been revealed to you that Jesus Christ is the revealed God in flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah. What he was saying to Apostle Peter is that's revelation. And that revelation is where I'm building my church. Oh, I wish somebody knew about what I'm talking about. It's the revelation of who Jesus is. That's who he builds his church. But they were human just like we are. And they didn't see, oh, they didn't see all the folds of God's purpose. And they didn't see everything, the journey he was going to, they didn't have any idea that most of them were going to die martyrs' death. They didn't have any idea that they were going to end up being in obscurity, even though they shook the world. They didn't have any understanding of that. On a personal testimony, I'm amazed at where God has taken my life. And I think, I sit down with gratitude, with tears of gratitude and thankfulness. And I say, God, I don't know why you picked me. I, I don't know why you chose me. I don't know why you chose me to take me all the places you've taken me. I, I have the utmost gratitude. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I was born a preemie. And they told my mother and father I would not live. And I was born seven months and... In those days, there was no NICU unit, no neonatal intensive care units. And they didn't know what to do with a baby that was born not able to breathe. And I had one lung totally collapsed and one lung was totally filled with fluid and they could not get me to breathe. And they would take me out from underneath oxygen and I would turn just as blue and black. And uh, I was breathing only from my bronchial tubes. That's all I was breathing from. They told my mother, Helen, Sister Helen, some of the older folks know her. They told her, they said, Helen, don't get your hopes built up. Your baby's not going to live. It's not going to live. You just can't get your hopes up. You'll die yourself. You're very ill. And uh, I was born on a Saturday. My father walked into a church in Jackson, Michigan on a Sunday. And he said to the church, he was very poetic, and he said, I can't believe God let a star rise in my life, and he's going to let it fall. And that church... I got to preach there this last Wednesday night. That church went to the Lord in prayer. And pastor, there was ladies in that church when I preached Wednesday night that was there when I was born, still in the church, still serving God. And ladies and gentlemen, what you don't understand, the reason I'm so driven to what I do 
is because the angel of the Lord stood by Sister Helen on Wednesday after I was born on Saturday and said, Helen, your baby will live and he will be used of me. And uh, the doctor came in. His name was Anderson too. The doctor came in and said, Helen, your baby's not going to live. We just can't sustain him. He's like a car that has no wheels to run on. And she said, Doctor, my baby will live. She said, God has stood by me today and told me that my baby will live. Do you understand why I'm so driven to bring to you the everlasting words of encouragement and uplifting? Because my God did that for me. And I had a little granddaughter born 12 years ago. She was, she was uh, 13 weeks early. She was born two pounds. She was so tiny that we held her in our hand. Her little hand went around my little finger, and her little foot was the size of my thumb from the knuckle to the end of my thumb. She was so tiny. And they gave us all kinds of nightmare stories, all kinds of horror stories. And when Papa would go in there, I'd say, that's okay. I was born a preemie. God brought me out of it. They'd say, well, you know, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand how danger, how much danger she's in. I said, oh, no, it's not that I don't understand how much danger she's in. But Pastor Joel, her daddy, because her mother was very ill in intensive care herself, her daddy would go in every day and put his hands in those gloves in that little... NICU incubator and would touch her on the end of her foot and on the top of her head that's all he could touch and they said if you'll just hold her like that she'll feel like she's being hugged and loved and held and every day he faithfully without, a, without every day he left work come to the hospital and he would hold her and pray over her and speak in tongues over her and proclaim God over her that little girl's going to her first youth congress this year. I was told by her pediatrician, I was told by her pediatrician, said, I don't understand this. Said, this child has no, nothing that you usually have when you're born as early as she is. She is perfect in every way. I'm not surprised. Look at your neighbor and say, my God is more than enough. My God is more than enough. Whew. See, you understand how God works. God revealed himself in flesh. They didn't understand it, but he took them around a few folds. After they saw him come out of the grave, they understood a little bit more. It's what inflamed them and set them on fire and sent them around the world. It was because they didn't understand it over here at the cross, but after they passed two or three days, they got over here. I'm getting ready to call for prayer. Uh, many of you are dealing with situations that you think no one cares about, and for sure you don't think God cares about it. Let me remind you of something. The Bible says there's not a sparrow that falls. That he is not thoughtful of them. That's what the Bible says. 
are you not more than a sparrow? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm more than a sparrow. The Lord is so minutely, intentionally, and purposely, purposefully interested in you that he even said he numbered the hairs in your head. He numbered them. He knows how many turned gray last night. He knows how many let go last night. He knows all about it. I am very happy that I am white-headed because it means I'm wise. <laughs> that was free. I just threw that one in. Well, this is what the Bible says. You can't argue with the Bible. Hey, amen. Well, most of you know, because I preached about the last time I was here, that I lost my wife in September uh, of, not, of 2015, and it was very grievous to me. And I probably delayed my grief. I just kept going. I just kept operating and smiling and going to church and praising God and preaching and traveling, and God just put me on the evangelistic field, and I, I, just, I just kept going. Well, around August... Of 2016, I crashed. I crashed. Now, don't throw anything at me or point your finger at me or judge me because you said, well, preachers aren't supposed to ever have to go through stuff like that. Well, you ought to walk in our shoes a little bit. I'll never forget Billy Cole, the famous apostle Billy Cole. I'll never forget him. A man said, oh, Brother Cole, Brother Cole, I just want to carry your burden for one day, Brother Cole. Just want to carry your burden. And Brother Cole used to say, there was no cell phones in those days, and he used to say, that man called me from downtown in a phone booth. And he said, Brother Cole, pray for me, Brother Cole. I can't get up off of the ground. He said, I got your burden. <coughs> and it knocked me out. Be careful how you judge people of God, people that are used of God. And I went to one of our greatest churches. I was asked today, said, how do you get to preach in so many good churches? Because God's good to me. I'm just so thankful. If you just be thankful, you'd be surprised what God do for you. That's why I'm here. This is one of the best. Oh, my Lord, I'm blessed. Thank you, Jesus. I sure hope Pastor invites me back. See, that's how I usually get to go back because I invite myself. <laughs> oh, folks, you all are so sweet and so much fun. I love you. But I crashed. I was preaching in one of our greatest churches pastor's been there 63 years I'm amazing it's got to be some kind of record same pastor 63 years I was there this year and he leaned over to me and he said everybody that voted me in 63 years ago is gone but me I said wow you're some kind of record but I preached that morning and I thought I had messed up. I thought I had made, I don't know what I thought. And I went to the motel and I laid across the bed and I broke and I began to sob and cry. 
I cried until I thought my heart was breaking out of my chest. I could not get my composure. I said, God, I can't go to church. I can't get my composure. These people are expecting smiling and laughing and singing Brother Anderson. and I can't walk into the church like this. And I have a wonderful associate pastor. He just, they just celebrated last year, 40 years. He's one of the products of the military district in Germany. And man, he's a jewel. Ooh. Boy, y'all produce some good ones. 40 years he's been associate pastor at our church. He was there before me. Imagine that, someone being your associate that was there before you got there. He's a man of God. He's a prophet of God. I respect him highly. It doesn't hurt you to respect people that work around you at church. In fact, you get a, you're a whole lot better off if you'll respect. It doesn't take me to lay hands on you. Just believe the person sitting next to you. You know, I told your husband this morning, God has got something very special in your all's future. The Lord really targeted him today. He's got some... Just thank him right now. Thank you. I wish somebody clap your hands right now. So I called Brother Mike, and his name is Mike Wallace. I called him. I said, Mike, I, I don't think I can go to church. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, you get, take, he said, keep the cell phone with you. Thank God for instantaneous communication. He said, and I'll pray you all the way to church. And he prayed in the Holy Ghost and in Jesus' name. And he prayed me down the highway until I pulled in the parking lot. I said, I don't think I, don't think I can go in, Mike. I just don't think I can do it. He said, oh, yes, you can. He said, take your cell phone with you. I'm going to pray you into the church. And he prayed me in other tongues. He prayed me into the church. He said, now go find the pastor. And I found Brother Walker. He's the new pastor there. And I said, Brother Walker, was everything okay this morning? He, oh, Brother Anderson, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And so that lifted my spirit a little bit. I went to the prayer room, Pastor. He looked And there was dear brother and sister, I'd say their name, Mendenhall, who were praying in the prayer room. And I thought, my Lord, 63 years they've been here and they're still in the prayer room praying. So they were just praying and I sat there in the prayer room and I said, Lord, I don't know, I don't know what I can do, sir. Unless you've ever been there, you don't know. But if you've ever been there, I understand. I don't know what to do, Lord. And I just sit there and across the prayer room came an older lady and her daughter. And uh, her daughter was, I don't know, maybe, maybe in her 50s or so. And uh, they walked up to me and they introduced themselves to me and she said, you don't really know us, but I want to tell you who we are. Told, us, told me her name. She said, 25 years ago, you came to Kokomo. You preached a revival. And she said, I was very bitter. I was full of hatred. I was hurt. I was wounded. I 
really was sort of mad and angry at God. I've talked to her since then. She told me it's okay to share. She said, my family insisted that I come to service. And she said, I only came because of my family. And she said, we have an evangelist. And we want you to come. And she said, Brother Anderson, you've never seen me. You've never known me. You didn't know who I was. You walked in the back door of the church. You were just, as I always do, greet people as I come in. And she said, you reached your hand out as you passed by me and said, this night, God is going to heal your heart and he's going to change your life and he's going to transform your thinking. And she said, you just went on up to the platform. I have to be honest, Pastor, I didn't remember ever even doing that. I didn't remember doing that. I pray for hundreds of people. I, 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 I mean, everybody's important to me, but I didn't remember doing that until that moment when she told me that. See, I walked in there broken and battered and bruised and said, I can't go any further. But God reached way back here 25 years ago. Ooh. And he came all the way through all the folds and he came over here and he said, what you invested 25 years ago, now I'll bring back to you. God has not forgotten what tear you shed, one prayer you prayed. He's not forgotten one time you were in the house of God. He's not forgotten one time you encouraged somebody else. He keeps good records. God knows. You may have been through many folds since then, but God, see, to the intent and purpose, God can reach back here. Something you've already forgotten about. Something that's hid by experiences of life. And he'll reach back here and he'll pull it out over here. Who is here tonight that you know the intentional purpose of God was to bring you to this service to be healed? Ooh. Let's do it this way to make it easy on everybody. I know we don't normally do this, but let's just do it this way. It's just easy. Brother John will give us some nice music like, you know the one I really like? I believe that you're my healer. Nothing is impossible. I know you can do that one. But what we're going to do is have the men come to this side. And we'll have, is that okay? Is that the men's side or this the men's side? Okay. Let's have the men come to this side. Ladies come to this side. Because what we want to do is make it easy to minister to you. And so if the ladies in this room, and if the ladies are not able to stand, what you can do is be seated right here on this front row. And if the brothers are not able to stand, you can be seated on the front row. We want to be able to get to you and minister to you. It will help us. If God spoke to your heart during this message tonight, Say, what am I feeling? I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is here. Oh, we'll sing this one first, Brother John. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. 
Come ye heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come no longer tarry, I your load will bear. Bring me every burden, bring me every care. You want to give me a key? It's probably for me about, you can give me a guitar key, I don't care. Maybe C. B flat, that's usually my key. Reason I'm leaning against this because I've poured myself out to you, so you got to come. The healing virtue is here, and God is here to touch you. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Oh, take my yoke. Halama shata baba basanda baba sata lama sata. Yao shayama bayanda bayasanda baba hola. The Lord has heard you. The Lord has heard you. The Lord has heard you. Halama shanda. Halayama babasaya and trust my might. Oh come. My yoke is he. Shanda baba bohola masayanda. Shanda baba babasaya. Come unto me. Come unto me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Pray for everybody. Pray for everybody. Pray for everybody. Hear me and be blessed. Hear me and be blessed. Oh, I am meek and lowly. And trust my might. Oh, come. My yoke is easy. And my burden's light. And my burden's light. Yes, the Oh, I am meek and lowly. I am meek and lowly. Come and trust my might. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Right now, right now. Come, my yoke is easy. And my burden's light. And my burden's light.